0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 164 of the Mighty Whites podcast, want well, to give it a title this time. All right, Leeds, are you ready to give 110%, take it one game at a time and go the whole nine yards? Okie doke, okie Um How's things, Casey? Yeah, pretty good. It's,
1: uh, it's the end of the school year, happy days, I'm doing nothing, it's
0: wonderful. Yeah. Feel so refreshed for the holiday.
1: Yes, the holiday was good, and as best I can tell, there was no incidents whatsoever from the two friendlies I didn't watch.
0: No, I mean I have got them on the list, but we'll we'll barely talk. We'll more talk about Australia as an overall thing. Uh, but we will I, work. I'm not we- a big
1: fan of Australia as a concept, to be fair.
0: Nah, you're you're not big on penal, Connell. Connolly's bugger. That'd have worked much better if I'd have said that word properly, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh yeah, um, so we talked about the Brisbane World game last time. Uh there's been two more since that were more competitive and in fact not just competitive, both of them were a bit techy. Especially the Villa game because the referee just let it get completely out of hand. But uh, we got beat one 0 by Aston Villa. Uh we started well, then dropped off. It was, it was a relatively even game, but Villa were the better side of the two. Not by much. Danny Ings penalty for after a handball by Leif Davis. The the main story from a Leeds perspective, I'd really say, is other than Archie Gray getting injured, but it appears he's alright, so not really worrying about it. Ilan Melier uh, in the first half uh, making an excellent double save, save a penalty from Coutinho and the rebound, and then making a what might have been an even better save, in a one on one against Ollie Watkins?
1: Yeah, th- th- those those are some sort of the bits that I have seen. Um, but yeah, th- I mean, we've always known he's good. Yeah, he just had a, a very uh, porous team in front of him.
0: Yeah, he, um, that was probably the main thing to take from it. I mean, we got we got Bamford back out on the pitch, which helps. Uh, there was. There wasn't a load of stuff to take from it. And I think that the game, there's a chance that I didn't take all of it in because it did kick off at half five in the morning. Uh And I did get up for it. I wouldn't have got up for it if I wouldn't have been having to start work at about half seven anyway. So it didn't really make much difference. Uh The second game, a 1-1 draw with Crystal Palace. We were, we were better in this game. We looked a lot more cohesive. This one although we could have easily lost it and we did concede some chances on the break, this one we did look the better side throughout.
1: Yeah. Um, again, it's been on holiday. I, I didn't end up watching this. I just... So the only thing I've seen are the goals.
0: Yeah. Well, um, as I said, they, they played some decent stuff. Like they got in... I've, like Dan James missed a really good chance in the first half. Uh, Leeds' goal was a penalty. Rodrigo scored it. Somerville won the penalty and Somerville did look quite lively when he came on. Uh, it was, But this wasn't a penalty. It was incredibly soft. Uh, then soon after we got a set-piece, Palace countered. Uh, Matthias click basically. He made a bad decision, went for a tackle and got nowhere near it. And all of a sudden they had two v-melier. Hmm. Uh, but it wasn't... Although the individual there was the individual mistake of click, it was more a structural issue because it happened I mean they tried to concede the exact same goal about six minutes later from an attacking set piece would you can you remember as much as it's a weird one to bring up can you remember that goal that Skung conceded in the Champions League a couple of years ago against um one of the Turkish sides? And they had an attacking moment and they just had no one within 70 yards of their own goal. And they just knocked it over the top and then the bar scored. Yeah. We we seem to be set up at set pieces a little bit like that. But it, they just seem to be massively over committing. I know they want to press high, but it really didn't seem great. The main story from this was injuries. Forshaw went off. His didn't look as serious the way he ran off. But Louis Sinistera got his first start. Everyone was really looking forward to seeing him because, truth be told, in the brief appearance he had before, he didn't look up to much. And we thought, like, this is his chance to actually start a game. We'll see what he's made of. And eleven minutes in, hamstring goes, and that's them.
1: Yeah, that's the uh, that's the flag on from, from our attacking players.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weird because he also played on the right, which was surprising with the way he plays. I thought he'd have played from the left, and Harrison would have moved over. Mm. Um, but uh, so one of the things I was wondering is how he's actually going to fit into this side. But now we don't need to worry about it because he's not going to be in the side for a while because he's injured. Because that's what happens with Leeds. Um, there was I can't f- have nice things. Yeah there was a few there was a few more plays stood out in this one like i mean i'm not his biggest fan but diego Llorente had a very good game uh he was really good getting the ball and he was playing passes that broke the lines really well uh i think it's because sort of palace were pushing on to add to like rocker and it was so because they were marking the midfield Llorente had space to come out and once he had a bit of space, even when he was playing from the left, even on his weak side, he was picking out some really nice passes and he defended quite well. Rasmus Christensen looks good. This is just all of the Australia trip. Rasmus Christensen looks good.
1: Mm.
0: I think I think the main thing I've, I've, I've
1: taken away from it, certainly from what I've seen online, is it, there's been a lot of people with the concern about the lack of width. That we play with, yeah. um, obviously. I, I think the, the players that are going to provide the width now is most likely going to be the fullbacks hmm. who are doing. Yeah, it from, from looking be by how, how they press. Yeah, um, but looking from how high they press up, yeah, that are they uh, go forward when when we're in possession? That's where the wit's going to come from. Hmm. So, so you could almost be looking at a front six where it's. Your your two strikers, your two tens, however you want to call it, and then you know one of the central midfielders and a fullback.
0: Yeah, it's um one thing that is definitely better than it was last season under Marsh. Like I'm not mad keen on our shape, but you can now tell what they're trying to do. They have now got the basics down of the ship. You can tell it's much more cohesive than it was at the back end of last season. Hmm. Uh, it isn't my preferred way of playing, but I can. It looks way more comfortable than it did last season, where they were just they all seemed lost. They didn't know where they were going. Now they do know where they're going. Uh it was good to get Bamford back playing. Uh that's definitely a positive from the trip. He doesn't look sharp at all. The minute yeah I, which I, is I'll, understandable but it's a thing i'm not sure he's going to be sharp by the opening day either
1: No, I'd, I'd be interested to see with with him what sort of game time we are looking at giving him on the opening day because i feel like at the moment he probably has to start as, as one of the
0: two out and out strikers we have in the squad well, it, it's probably the way he's been setting up. It'll probably be the four-two-three-one rather than the four-triple-two. Mm. Uh, it's still just as narrow, but that if we're playing that, that makes it even more important, really, that Bamford starts.
1: Yeah, Because we
0: are going to be playing direct passes. You know, they're not, they tend to not be launched at his head; it's more to his feet. But you were what I've seen a lot. The attack, the attempted pass, and it gets intercepted all the time. But it's sort of a it's not a particularly dangerous pass to give away. But if it works, it can be have a very high upside. Christensen or non-existent left back. Uh sort of playing from like the halfway line and trying to play into the striker's feet and sort of split two sets of lines. It's a very Difficult pass to pull off, but they keep trying it over and over again. I believe tactic, On the tactical stuff, I think they call it his own 13, don't they? They're like the D. Hmm. And that's basically what they're aiming the ball at, over and over and over again. Uh, so I think if we're going to be trying that pass a lot, you need Bamford there. Like, Gerhardt's touch is brilliant, but he's not... And he is strong enough to do it as well. He just isn't quite as good with his movement off the ball yet as Bamford is.
1: Yeah. It's... Um, no, it be interesting because it, and again, having not really seen him as much, um, I can't speak to it. So, but I reckon from from this, do you think he gets 45 minutes against Cagliari and then the hopeful we can give him 60-70 minutes against uh, on the opening day and... And then I'm, hopefully I'm, thing.
0: I'd be hoping that he gets longer than that, to be honest. I'd be hoping that he gets at least an hour. I'm also the way that... I'll come on to something about that in a sec, actually, because it's in my bad section for Australia. The other goods I've got are Gellar and Greenwood. Both look sharp. Uh, JB looks really talented. I like the look of him as a midfielder. He's a little bit overconfident, I think. He's really press resistant. Like when he, someone comes in, you know that Foreshaw turn away. Hmm. He's got his the, own the, version.
1: I'm going to go in a circle to give myself that space, yeah. then find the pass.
0: Yeah, it's not the same turn that foreshore does, but it has a similar result. He's really good at just drawing him in and turning away. And he's so good at it that he gets overconfident and then turns back into trouble so he can do it again. And some of the time that went against him. But I I like the look of him so far. Archie Gray looks a senior player, despite being 16. Uh, But the one that jumped out at me, because I think, and I now think there is a pretty good chance of them starting on the opening day of the season. Uh, And anyone who's playing Fantasy League this season, I think that makes him a decent bet at 4 million. Leo Yelder. Every time he goes on the pitch, I know it's only friendlies, he just looks so comfortable and so assured. And while we're in this situation where we have no left back, I think there is a decent chance of him getting the role if he plays well.
1: Mm. I, I honestly think it'll be Strauch and. Mm and it'll end up being Cock and Cooper in the middle. I
0: don't think Liam Cooper hasn't played a single minute. He's he's not fit by the opening day. Uh. Uh, Diego Juventus played left centre-back twice in Australia. Yeah. So I think it will probably be that if Stroud plays left-back. But because Cooper's not fit, I think there is a chance of it being Stroud left centre-back and Yelder at left-back.
1: Yeah I, I mean he's he's looked at in the the couple of appearances he made last season he he looked accomplished enough um you know I know he's got the build of a centre back but he, he he seemed mobile enough for, for to be a left back in that team
0: yeah in the palace game he came on at left centre back rather than left back and he put, but, but he just looked really good in that role as well and I like I like I've, he's another one who I think the way he picks out passes is good. In that Palace game he played two bad ones where he gave it away quite poorly but it was the execution that was bad, it was the right pass so that always worries me less because it'll come Um, the bad from the Australia stuff, one, just injuries and playing on pitches like that in pre-season and all booting lumps out of each other because it's Premier League teams and they'll get more competitive bad organisation but any ball over the top behind the full backs or any time we have an attacking set piece, we look so vulnerable. I mean, the number of times that they a ball went over and into the right back or left back area, and the opposition had a four on two immediately. It do was you, scary. Do, even against Brisbane.
1: Do you think that's because we've we've now gone from Ostensibly, you know, even finishing last season, similar to Bielsa, where you would have had Calvin Phillips or or Adam Forshaw, if when he wasn't available, that essentially made up as a third centre back when the full backs push forward, so they covered a bit more ground that way, as opposed to now where we don't have a hope hold, that holding midfielder as such.
0: Yeah, two, more, we've
1: more gone to, yeah, we've gone more to two out and out central midfielders who get further forward. And then you've got, if you both your full backs are pushing up as well, you're just leaving that extra space there.
0: That's definitely a part of it. The main thing, the main reason I think it's happening is just because they are counter pressing. And if everyone's pushing forward onto the next man, including the full backs, the only people that aren't pushing up onto men are the two centre backs. It's a weird situation where, like, our centre back, uh, one of our centre mids, and it can flip which one. But one of them is really deep when we're on the ball, but neither of them are really deep when we don't have the ball. That is one. What that's the factor where I where I agree it's a lack of the really shielding holding mid. Mm. So that does leave a bit more space, and it makes it harder for the centre back to go wide and cover. But if they've got um a number 10 p- that pushes to the right and the left back ends up having to push in to press him if the winger then sets off down that side all of us a- there's just a huge hole and i think especially when we play against i was going to say when we play against you know teams with like really quick wingers which is what 18 out of 20
1: yeah
0: well 18 out of 19 because we don't play us like everyone's, that that is going to be a real problem, and I think that we are going to have to. It, it's fine if we're pressing really well; it's fine, because we're not going to get the time to pick out a good pass. But if we, if our pressing is a bit up, basically, as I, it's not just him that this happens with, but basically, if Rodrigo's playing, and we're not able to press really well. I just, I think we're going to concede. We're going to find ourselves being like, oh, here we go. Yeah, we've lost the ball, but they're 80 yards from goal. And then three seconds later going, oh, fuck, they're three on one. And I'm, I am very worried about it. The other thing that has been bad is one that I'm a bit less worried about in theory because it should just come with time. The three behind the striker that we've been playing It's been working in terms of the shape. Like, I can see they're getting overloads. They are getting into good positions. But the execution, some of it has been really poor. Like, Dan James has been very Dan James about it in some situations. Brendan Aronson's done the same thing a few times, but he looks really lively, and I think that'll come. Because from what I've seen of him elsewhere, he doesn't appear to be a technically poor player. But he isn't a world beater technically either, and there was there's been some times where he's he's had a pass on, and he's just not played it well. Yeah. And that's what I was. That, this is what I was hoping Sinistera would be that he'd be like the X Factor in there. And with him now being injured, I'm now to be honest, if if I was picking right now and Bamford's playing up front, I really would be tempted to play Gellart as one of them, one of those three. Because I think he's got the technical skill to sort of break it through. Because at the minute, with the way we're playing in that final third, with with it being narrow and the technique not really quite being there, I'm just worried that we are not going to score enough goals. Hmm. I
1: mean, obviously, it's tough to make the, the comparisons. I just looked there. And at Salzburg last season, Aronson got 9-46. So... You know, you're talking roughly one in five, which for a player in that sort of position is, yeah, you know, not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's knowing that like Jack Harrison last season had a fair spell without scoring. Dan James can like can be played into the best positions, and you don't back him to score. Mm-hmm. It's so you you do have this concern, especially if we're going into the season with with you know Patrick Bamford not fully fit or not uh, match you know match sharpness. It's concerning that you you know if you don't start early enough, where or if you start the season early, not taking chances like that, that it causes a, a, a you know a crisis of confidence amongst those players. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm I'm trying to think out. You know, of of the ones that will play there.
0: This this lack
1: of get the goals.
0: Well, what was that's one of the things where the lack of sometimes just having just making just not technically quite being there is the thing that keeps Rodrigo getting the looking. Hmm. Even though he doesn't fit as well, but he is the one he is more likely to be able to play that pass than a lot of the other ones are. Like, I don't think he'll start. I think he'll be on the bench. But no, just keep I'm... him getting a look in.
1: And There's a couple of players I would be uh, kind of be interested to see playing as it, in that central role further on Because I feel like it, it's probably not as effective now. If you'd had Click doing that two years ago.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say two years ago, I'd completely agree with you. Yeah. I must admit, now don't get me wrong, I love Mateus Click. Of course I do. He's another one that doesn't look sharp at all. Mm. I, th- think I think
1: too. the good thing now, I don't think we've already said this, is that you're looking at a number of the players that were out of form or looking like they probably shouldn't be starting week in, week out. Mm. And it, we've now brought in the players in, in certain areas where. Like I think, click will be the sub most weeks now.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it will be Adams and Rocker. Yeah. Like that is what it'll be, and from what I've seen, it currently in the way Marsh is playing, I would think for sure is probably ahead of click. Hmm. But there's not much in that. That would depend on situations and stuff. I don't know as much in there. But it, I could see uh, JB being ahead of both of them by October, November. Yeah, like he really does look. It looks like you know all those uh things that we read when we were first being linked to him. They were like, it looks like the like the way he plays it's like he's built to be a number 8 and i can see what they mean now that yeah. i've watched him
1: and it, and it's probably a good thing because i think a lot of people thought and it was probably uh, reported as he is predominantly an under 23 signing mm. but from the amount he's been used since you know in, in australia like I say i do think he's Probably on a par with with sure and Clickin in terms of his standing in the team already.
0: Yeah, he's he's, he's certainly not far off. He'll be a twenty ones player to start with, but no, it's not twenty ones. Yeah, well, I've been doing it the whole time because of them changing it. I'm going to say twenty threes all the time, uh, but they're sort of he'll be he'll be in the twenty ones. But I think he'll, he might be he might be on the bench on the opening day. He'll certainly be close to it.
1: Well, uh, with all 15 subs you can have now, it's...
0: The other thing is, though, that might affect that is... And I, I haven't seen a fixed list, but I did see someone on... I saw it mentioned on Twitter. I think us opening under-21 game of the season is the day before. Mm. So, that 21's team might be a little bit weaker the first time round because there might be a few needed for the bench. Uh We have had a couple of outs. One that we knew was coming, uh Jamie Shackleton to Millwall for the season.
1: It's, it's what we said needed to happen, isn't it? Really? Yeah, he needs to play. Hopefully, he does well. And, and, he's, then... and he's with a friend. Yeah. It's a so massive chance. Of... It's got Big Charlie to look after him. Yeah. Despite the fact he's two years older than Charlie Creswell.
0: I think he's more than
1: that. <laughs> two or three. Uh,
0: Charlie Creswell, nine. Two. Charlie 19 oh god Charlie cross was 19 and Jamie Shackleton's 22 so it is only for it but yeah. I, I thought it might even be before <laughs> yeah um yeah and then I mean every, we've talked about that one before we in fact our I think literally our post season one we were already on about how Jamie Shackleton needs to go didn't go play football uh and then having having played a little bit in Australia uh And Jesse Marsh did sort of, I believe he actually said, Leif Davis is sort of on trial here. Well, It's it's ironic in Australia. Yeah. Well, uh, Leif Davis last night signed for Ipswich Town for an undisclosed fee that's rumoured to be about a million pound. Hmm. Which I think is, I don't think that's a bad deal, to be honest. Considering the amount of football he's actually played, I'm assuming there will be some sell on as well in case he kicks in. Yeah. Uh I mean that's I think that's a good move for everyone concerned. Like he's definitely good enough to be. You would think he should stand out in League One. Yeah.
1: Um I was just trying to remember where Ipswich had come last season.
0: Uh I can't remember. I think they I think they were like ninth or tenth.
1: They were oh god. Where
0: are they? 11th. Oh, 9th or 10th. four, tenth, eleventh. Piss off. <laughs> Get it right. Yeah. Um, because like he I'm trying because I remember Leif Davis's debut because it was that villa game that we won 3-2 from 2-0 down, wasn't it? Hmm. And uh, we got an injury in the warm-up. Oh, yeah, he was straight in, wasn't he? Yeah, straight in. Was he number 40 at that point, if I remember that? Right? I think so. Uh, but he came in and he did quite well. And he played, I don't know how many games. I'm sure that it is. I you know, that it will be on the website. But what, what do you reckon he played? 20-odd first-team games? Including um, some appearances and stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you end up talking about it in terms of minutes, it, it might be a game and a half. <laughs> um, but yeah, it won't be a... It won't be far off that, I don't think.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we signed him for next to no from, I want to say, Morecambe. Yeah. You know, so he didn't kick on to the level that you once hoped, but solid. That's a perfectly fine sign. He's gone now. I hope he kicks on well. And we've got one in as well. And it's one that... It's an interesting one because I don't think he'd have come here if he didn't think he was going to play in the first team fairly soon. Uh, we've signed Sonny Perkins uh, after he left West Ham at the end of his scholarship on the uh, on 1st of July. We've turned down several pro deals at West Ham, which West Ham are very much not happy about and going public about someone's been in his ear. Which, yeah, probably... That's, that's what happens. Uh, it doesn't make it right, but that is how it works. It happens to everyone. Hopefully this one works well for us. Uh, there was no fee announced, because obviously you still have to pay it in Mozart out of contract. So that will probably go to a tribunal. But yeah. Sonny Perkins, like, I mean, he came off the bench against us in the Premier League game last year. Played a couple of times in the Europa League, was expected to be part of their first team squad. Uh got uh, 10 goals in 20 in Premier League 2 last season was like their their sort of standout in their 23s team last season. Uh played for England like fifth, under 15s, 16s, and under 18s. Uh I I am quite excited about this. People who've people who watch more youth football than I do like people who don't just watch the Leeds games, who go out of the way to watch others, are all pretty excited about this one. It's,
1: um, yeah, it's, uh, it sounds like a good signing. Again, I can't say I've, I've seen a whole lot of him, but by the numbers, he's had a very good season. Um, it's a little bit It's, it's a little bit surprising with West Ham, g- given there does seem to be a pathway through there to, to their first team. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it was more understandable with, you know, players like Bate or Greenwood coming in um, because it's a lot harder to break through into into those teams. But with West Ham, they've, they've done a decent job. I'm not saying, you know, I don't think under Moyes there's many that have become first team players. Like,
0: now, uh, week in, week it, out. Is it... Is it Ben Johnson, the fullback? Yes, he's pro- he's like established himself.
1: But you know they're they're always on the bench, and and typically as as happened with him that you, you make appearances. Mm. So it does seem an interesting move at this stage. Um, it would you know? Would he be? would be looking at playing him as one of our tens.
0: Well, do you think? The- he is a, from what from everything that I've seen about him, he's a striker or an attacking midfielder and he could play wide. So, in our system, you would think that makes sense. It'll probably end up as one of the tens, hmm. but the uh, I'm no, I'm, I haven't seen it's one of It's not like it's not like when we signed Lewis Bate where there was quite a lot of footage and I was watching him and I got really excited. I haven't seen as much of Perkins, but. He is definitely in theory a very good signing. Uh Jason Middleton's it because it's saying Moyes just didn't put him on even when they were down to a bare bones. Uh and that he didn't get that many chances, and I wonder if that is why. I wonder if that's when Leeds have said, Hey, we'd we'd be giving you chances. Look at us when we get injuries, we throw you in. Because we ain't got anyone yes. else. Um so that will be inter- I mean i would think that he will start out the team in the twenty ones but i don't think he'd have left West Ham to come to us if the if our offer to him was you're retiring for the under twenty ones
1: yeah and, and to be honest when you look at our options at striker like he's i'm, I'm trying to think in terms of in in the system now whether whether it's four two three one or four triple two. I'd, I'd consider Rodrigo one of the tens more than I would a water striker.
0: Mm. Um, In, when it when it's actually for Rodrigo would probably move be, up. very deep,
1: you'd deep, um, deep line forward, wouldn't he? Mm. Um, but you know, given the options after that, he's again he's not far off.
0: Yeah, because I mean, obviously there's Gellart, but Greenwood under. I know Greenwood was a striker, but he now is looking like a 10 or a centre mid. Mm. Like when he came on in Australia, he played in the double pivot, one of them. And one of them as a 10. So like he really, they have changed the way he played. And Green, Greenwood is one of the interesting ones this season. I'm really looking forward to seeing if he can kick on another level. Cause he's technically yeah. very good. Like he's really good with both feet. And for, He's a a player who can do something out of nothing, which, again, for that line behind the striker, is the sort of player that we need.
1: And good with a set piece.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jezd also saying that when it comes to Perkins, bigger bench and five subs benefits us and the younger players. He'll definitely put them on. He will, but it's also the case for every other team. Yeah. But I think um, we will be more willing than some other teams. And Marsh does have a history of throwing players in when he thinks they're ready. So, yeah, um, and then there's a couple of bits of not confirmed news, but looking likely. Uh, Sonny Perkins is probable main coach. It looks like we're getting it finally getting a new coach for the under twenty ones. Have you have you seen this today? Uh, I have, because I've seen we've appointed a women's coach as well, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Uh, I haven't actually got that on the notes because it happened so late. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the under 21s, the big favourite, and it sounds like it's happening because it's everywhere. Uh, Ma- Michael, I'm guessing it's Scubala pronunciation. It could be Scubala. I don't know. Uh, he's currently like FA development coach for the under 18s, and before that, he was England's futsal coach, which is sort of an interesting route to go down. Uh, but he seems to be very highly rated. It's not someone that obviously I know anything about, but I'm just glad to see us finally sorting one because I wanted that sorted ages ago.
1: Yeah. We uh, have left
0: it too late, really.
1: Yeah. I, I, I always find it interesting with the the style background now that was because that was something I was kind of more exposed to while I was in America. It's a lot bigger there. Mm. Um, so, you, you know, you talk about something who, I'm, you know, he's not entirely from that background, but it's a, you know, it's a different, yeah, you know, it's a different, um, skill set to have mm. from a lot of other coaches, because it's not something a lot of people go down in terms of the coaching avenues. I know there is a, a qualification you can do in it, mm. but, you know, I think most people just over here certainly just stick to the, what would what now become the UEFA licensing.
0: Yeah. But no, that, it'll be an interesting one. Obviously, we'll see how it goes. In theory, obviously, the 21s are playing at a slightly lower level. We've still got a lot of the same players and we've added a couple. So you would think we'll be quite strong this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to think. So obviously, the I want to say they'll see less of, of. Obviously, Greenwood is probably going to be one of the ones that spends less time there. Yeah, now. he
0: won't play that much. Gellar um, probably
1: won't play there at all. No, and then you're having bait likely to go out.
0: Yeah, you would think he, he might play a couple of games before the sort alone of move out, but they will sort alone of move out.
1: So so there's going to be openings there, um, but you'll have... I, I imagine, depending on how the fixtures work out, as, as much as he will be in and around the first-team squad, I think Archie Gray will still play a lot of 21s football. And we'll, well probably th- be featuring off the bench.
0: I'm starting to think that the, like the midfield Jeez. two,
1: it's absolutely tipping it down.
0: Oh mate, right. I don't think it is here yet, and we live quite near each other, but it might be soon. Uh, no, the, um, I think we might see a midfield two in the 21s quite often of uh, JB and Gray.
1: Hmm. I'll be interested in them because I think you'll still have Jenkins.
0: I haven't, I haven't seen sight nor sound of him anywhere. Same for Alfie McCalmont. So I think they might just quietly go and find quietly around here. No, I think it might be you know just find a club, Uh, which is shame. Yeah, but I say I'll be interested to see. Obviously the the 21s will have the same problem the first team have in that they don't have any left backs
1: and if there is a good one he will get
0: moved up quickly well I mean if you're if you're the shit hot left back who's 15 years old leave <laughs> your club come sign for Leeds you'll be in the first team in a year that's why I thought we might get that you know what? Thierry you'll be in the Small you bin by
1: 19 you'll we'll you'll have broken that, you
0: that Thierry Small that left Everton and went to Southampton last summer it's why I thought we might be all over that because he was, you know, could play at the back but could play left back. Uh, and then it looks like we're also getting a new assistant manager, uh, Rene Malic, who was Marco Rose's assistant at Dortmund and at Borussia Gladback and before that he worked. He was assistant at Red Bull Salzburg, which is a lot of jobs to have had as an assistant manager when he's only twenty nine now. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Fairly high profile, done some big jobs. Has also been in the Red Bull system before. In the stable, yeah, makes it makes all the sense in the world. Uh, I'd be, and say I'm quite looking forward to that. And I haven't actually got the uh, guy's name up at the minute because I don't have that tab open. But, but who uh, have uh, leads? Ha- who who have lead hired here. as women's manager? Uh, we have hired uh, Rick Passmore.
1: Which ideal surname as a yeah. as a coach? Yeah, because
0: it was uh was it it, it was Daniel Hern, wasn't it the previous guy?
1: Yeah, apparently this is his second. I I know nothing about the women's team, by
0: the way. I'm the same. I, uh, I I should I genuinely should keep up with it more than I do, but I haven't been. He's. Uh, this is his second spell with the club, apparently. But I, I did see it's sort of an overhaul of all the coaching, isn't it? They've changed quite a lot around. Yeah.
1: Um I I do wonder now that we've now that we're here in the Premier League for a couple of years, if there is a if we're starting to possibly cast an eye on trying to move the women's team forward a bit more.
0: I mean you would hope so. Because it would do it would do a lot of good for us to have a stronger women's team than we do and get them up the leagues a bit.
1: Mm. It, yeah, it, it'd be quite nice it, even if we can get them to sort of the championship level where it's because mm. we're in the is it like the northeast league or something like that? It's, it's very regional still.
0: Yeah, I think the problem is that they were saying. On, a, I think it was on one at Square Ball ones because they sponsor someone, don't they? So they've been paying a bit more attention to it. That like the problem is in that league, you've got like two really strong. Like last last year was it Liverpool Feds that yeah. were in it, and they were like in terms of investment so far ahead that they were always just going to walk it. And there's only one promotion spot, hmm. and there's quite often one team every year that's like that. But no, I I still think the best. Thing, I mean, you can't do it all the time because I get it, it'll knack of the pitch. But both with the 21s games and with the women's games, you just, I think they just need to try and get as many of them as they can at Ellen Road.
1: Yeah, it would be.
0: Uh, and then and make it free to season ticket holders. People will go watch, and that's the best thing that you can do to grow it.
1: Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, it, it's quite nice because obviously after years of the not being a women's team, and then we had the brief we had that period where there was a women's team, but it wasn't Leeds United affiliated. Yeah. Um. So the GFH around that uh, time?
0: Off. I th- no, I think I thought it was a Chilino thing getting rid of the women's
1: team. No, I mean, long before that, it was Bates that got rid of the women's team, wasn't it? And then, yeah. <laughs> um, that's, I think in his head, it was still illegal for women to be playing football. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with them and um like I say if we can get get the games at Ellen Road a bit more
0: great. Yeah. Uh so I haven't I mean we're not actually gonna do a preview because it's a friendly but Sunday, six o'clock, weird kick off time. Callie, are You looking I'm, forward I'm, to it?
1: In many ways I'm gutted Chilino you know, isn't still involved with that. Yeah. Like, the, um, it's the comeback we all wanted.
0: Yeah. I'm a, I'm really looking forward to going to this because I think this will give us a better idea of where we are. And right now, I'm not particularly confident. So I could, even though preseason doesn't matter that much, I, I'd really like us to, even if it's for, even if it's only for 45 minutes of the game, like the first half where we're putting out what we think will be a team. I'd really like to see us just play like cohesively well for a whole half of football. I think mm. I play I think I feel a lot better if we see that.
1: Yeah. Um it's 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 interesting as much as given that we've played two Premier League sides in friendlies already, as opposed to sort of building, you know, building your way up, like, playing Blackpool, playing Geisley then, you know, or, or playing another foreign team, like, because last couple of years we've played, is it last year we played Ajax and Villarreal?
0: Yeah, we played Ajax in Amsterdam, and we played Villarreal at, like, Loughborough or something yeah. like that. Um, so, I don't, I do, I, I, I've not really
1: enjoyed... The, the idea of playing other Premier League teams. Like I, no, I don't
0: think. I'd, I, I mean, we would if we stay. In, if provided we're still in the Premier League and stuff, and we get invited to tournaments like that, we will go because of the money.
1: Hmm.
0: But it definitely. I don't think it was great for the development. Of no, any, I'd any, rather, any other teams in there?
1: I'd rather it be stuff like the Emirates Cup or something like when it's been an Australian team. A, you know, an English team, a, a German team, and you know, an Italian team, for example, or something like that, I'd, I'd do it that way. Um, yeah, it, it just, it, it's weird seeing, like, you kind of want the, the friendlies to be competitive, but at the same time, I thought, and maybe it was just the way they were refereed. Especially the the Villa game,
0: yeah. The the Villa the Villa game, don't get me wrong. There was a bit of edge. You could tell it was a bit more competitive, and both teams. But like, it was really the referee's fault. Like, mm. I mean, yeah, that John McGinn tackle was a coward's tackle, and he was, and you can really hurt someone with it. But I mean, like Diego Carlos fouled Bamford and not got given. But it wasn't that bad, and Bamford just ran in and booted him up in the air the next time, mm. and got away with that as well. Like, it wasn't just Villa. That was both teams got really edgy. Whereas in the Palace game, there was a few edgy tackles, but he did book them for it, and that kept a lid on it. And it was I mean, about, saying, there, was, there was like six bookings or something in that friendly against Palace. Yeah.
1: I mean, we're saying this, this, you know, this is, you know, a couple of days after, uh, depending on which game you're talking about, but it's around the same time that Wolves played a game behind closed doors that had four red cards in the first half. Yeah, and then the referee just just went. Well, you seem to be both changing your entire 11s at this point, so we'll just go back to 11 aside for the second half, shall we? Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, right. So that about does us. Um, England women are in the semi-final of the Euros against Sweden in about 45 minutes. Good. I'll be watching that. Yeah, I'll be watching that as well. Um, They're favourites to win this one. They should be. Like they've really got themselves in it. Once they got past Spade. That gave that gave them a really good chance of winning this. So hopefully they can. Um I so I reckon what the well the next one will will it'll be early probably early next week. It it depends whether you want to do one or two. Because we need to do our big preview one. And yeah. should we keep it separate?
1: Oh no, or do we just do one big one? Talk about yeah. the Caliary game, then it might, the...
0: it might be better doing one on like the Monday, a quick a sh- one talking
1: talk about Caliary,
0: and then do one like Thursday or Friday back end of week to do the full preview. It's like Patreon
1: tier membership. You get to you now getting to hear the behind the scenes discussions as to how this is run.
0: Yeah, I also have an idea instead of our points for prediction, we'll still do the overall predictions that we do, but for each game. And and I will obviously have to track it through the season. But basically, you have a £5 bet every week.
1: Oh,
0: fuck. and You have to, you know, you either pick out a score or just a team to win or whatever it is you fancy and see what we end up with at the end of the season. You don't actually have to do the bet.
1: <laughs> like, uh, Jack, we're doing it or we're not doing it.
0: No, yeah,
1: fine. And, and I have no money. Yeah.
0: But just like So I could all...
1: do to win some.
0: Yeah, for this one I'm I'm fancying two one at eight to one or whatever it is and then see what we end up at in the season.
1: I just could keep point of fiver on someone to win six nil until it happens.
0: Yeah. But, uh, that's that's the one if if anyone offers it. i w I'm gonna see if someone will price, see what kind of price they'll give me on Millwall to score like I don't know twenty headers this season we are going to have Cresswell and that Jake Cooper, yeah, who wins everything. <laughs> I think they're just going to score so many set piece goals now, right? So, yeah, I think that will do us. We'll come back after the Calliope game and we'll uh, we'll see where we are. Hopefully, I feel more confident by then because I really don't now. It'll be fine, it'll be grand. Probably. <laughs> right. So yeah, that'll do us. I've been Jack. So yeah. I've
1: been Casey. Have a good one.
0: In a bit.